0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here today. Well, hey, we're in the month of September, which means that our core curriculum, our main course discipline that connects with your child's heart is open for registration right now. Go to connectedfamilies.org or our show notes for the details. But here's the thing. Registration for this cohort is open right now and it's not going to open up again until a year from now. I'll talk more about the course later and we have a bonus testimonial from someone who took the course at the end of our show. So stay tuned for that. Okay, well, for today's show, I've got a question for you. Have you experienced big meltdowns in your house, maybe anger, tears, big feelings, conflict? Well, I think that we all have, and I know that it is very hard because our own emotions get all stirred up. And just understanding what's going on in our children is difficult, much less knowing how to help our child in the moment. Well, today we are talking about how to help our children want to calm down in those hard moments. We know it can be a struggle. To have that conversation, I want to welcome Corey and Ellen that for to the mic. Welcome, Corey and Allen. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey,
1: Stacey. Thank you.
0: So yeah, thanks for having us. So glad to have you here again. The two of you were on the podcast in the past. You're both Connected Families Parent Coaches. You have a podcast called Building Wise Families, but you're also you're part of the training team for our certified parent coaches.
1: That's right.
2: I love the discipleship aspect of getting to be involved in you know, passing on the coaching training that we've received to other coaches. It's kind of like what we do in parenting, passing on what God's giving us to our kids.
0: We love having you guys part of our team, and if anyone's interested in becoming a certified parent coach, we'll have links to that in our show notes, but it's a growing program here at Connected Families. We have coaches all around the world, so got to mention that. Well, listen, you guys are on this podcast today because Jim and Lynn thought you were a great couple to talk to about teaching your kids to calm. So can you introduce your family and share with us what was going on before you started learning how to teach your kids about calming.
1: Yeah, we have grown a lot. So we've been married for 13 years and we have four kids, ages eight, six, three, and a newborn who's about five weeks old. Who's
0: in, in the baby carrier on Corey's chest right now. It's very yes. sweet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're also parent coaches and we became parent coaches because we were on that receiving end of coaching from Chad and Lynn. It's so drastically changed the trajectory of our family. And we wanted to pass that on to other people. We love the connected families framework. So we yeah. wanted to get that into the hands of struggling parents like us.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay.
0: So say more about the struggle. What did that look like when you first started learning about the framework and getting that coaching?
1: Before we started working on calming in our house, we would just try to shut down feelings. For instance, one of our daughters, when she gets hurt, she... Is very vocal about it. She screams and cries really loud, and I was concerned that when she is uh, an adult and out of the house, she's going to need to be able to handle that kind of emotion. So I would just try to make her stop. She would start screaming, and I would tell her it wasn't a big deal, or I would tell her to to go somewhere and take a break or do something to stop screaming.
0: Well, that's such good intentions, right, Ellen? You're like, as an eighteen year old, she's going to need to be able to just deal with a little scraped knee.
1: That's right. No time like <laughs> so the I'm present teach to start you that at four, huh? Maybe misguided. Good good intentions, but maybe misguided.
2: Yeah. yeah. And for me, that loud scream would just set off my sensitive ears. It would yeah. just kind of make me shut down. And I'm thinking, I have enough noise in the house already. I just want to get this to stop. So yeah. I think that we had, before we started working on calming, we had big feelings, but feelings that we would try to shut down. And yeah, then and- we weren't seeing that actually help anything.
0: Well, and I'm guessing if if you felt the need to shut it down, you both explained why, right? The good intentions we have as parents, it came off communicating messages that weren't so helpful, but what did that look like? I'm guessing it was maybe rolling your eyes or yeah. Oh yeah. How did you show up in that way? Yeah.
2: In the before, (laughs) we definitely showed up with rolling eyes. Yep. Exactly like that. Shaming, blaming, scolding. Our own big, loud voices, you know, instead of being slow and listening, we were fast and large and loud, but not in a helpful way.
0: It's funny when we look back, right? We're like, oh man, I wish I hadn't shown up that way. But what we love here at Connected Families is to say, yeah, I didn't stay there. I changed and we've moved to a different place. So then you got coaching and there was some growing in your perspective about what she needed. Tell me more about just coaching at that time.
1: Yeah. So we heard Jim and Lynn on a podcast talking about conflict with their children. We identified immediately with the way that they described their children, sensitive and intense, and our conflicts were just extremely volatile. And so that's that's kind of what got us on the road to coaching. And so now we've, we've just, through that journey, discovered that there's more going on under the surface than just a big angry outburst for our children and for us. Yeah. And that's a, a far more helpful starting point than just trying to shut down the outburst.
0: Yeah. Let's stick with the child right now. I want to ask a question, what's happening in the child, right? Their brain, their body, that they don't want to calm down. I think that could hit people's ears a little bit odd. Like why don't kids want to calm down? Why are we talking about this?
2: Yeah, we definitely experienced that. You know, you read things and hear helpful tips about how to help your kids calm down. And we were trying lots of these things. We were even doing like role plays outside of the moment, feeling like we were being really intentional. But we noticed it doesn't seem like our kids want to do these things in the moment. And actually during our coaching with Lynn, she asked us, I wonder if they're not as motivated to want to calm down. Hmm. You know, these things that you're practicing, they're not wanting to do it. So one of the ways that she helped us understand this the most was just this example of, you know, let's say that you. Have had as a mom a long day. Yeah. You've been at home with your kids all day and you've got some things you want to share with your husband and tell him about how it was. You just want to unload a little bit of that Mm -hmm. stress. And then your husband says something like, You really are just blowing that up a little bit, or you need a calm down break. You need to go to your calm down spot, right? Which is kind of what we were telling our kids Hey, whoa, it's getting big in here. You need to go to your calm down spot. Cause we had made oh a goodness. calm down spot. Yeah. You know, we thought we're doing this thing. That's helping them learn to calm down. Right. We're yeah. giving them a cozy spot but we did not help them want to get to that spot because of how we entered in.
0: Well, okay. So back up because I'm picturing it, right? I mean, there were definitely times where I can remember meeting my husband at the door and being like, your turn. I'm headed to Barnes and Noble. I need to sit with a book in a quiet space for the next hour. And it was really good. Like I'm telling you that happened maybe five times but what if I did that? And I was like, "Wow, I'm so tired. I just, I just need to break. I'm up to here." And he was like, "Come on, get with it." That would not feel good, would it?
2: Yeah, and it would probably send you even more into a spiral of, "Okay, great. I've been so frustrated, and now he's not understanding me either. Yeah. I really need to, you know, I'm angsty. I need to get my point across. I'm going to try a little harder, or yeah. I'm going to shut down and be sad even worse and hide away." So yeah. yeah. It's, The opposite of being understanding, I think. So that was really a helpful starting point for us was to realize maybe our kids don't want to calm down because would we want to if that's how another adult handled it with us?
1: It reminds me of when Corey was having the fourth baby just a few weeks ago. She was in the middle of labor. There was no turning back at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah. And she said, I don't think I want to do this. And so I'm, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's too late for that. You're going to have to get through this. So yeah. I think I was. I think I think used gentle words. I kind of said, it's okay. You can do it. You can get through it. Yeah. And then she said it again. And she probably said it four times. And every time I was trying to tell her, you can do it. You're going to have to do it. There's no turning back now. You've done this three times already. You can do it again. Then finally, the midwife came over and she kind of put a hand on Corey's shoulder and said, oh, I know this is hard. Every time I have a baby, this is the part I dread the most. And she just kind of <laughs> sat there for a second. Corey nodded.
2: The tears started flowing through my <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Corey started like, crying. So understood.
1: And then the midwife said, but I know that God makes good things come out of this. Yeah. And so it's worth it to go through it. I think I had said something similar, but the fact that she showed Corey empathy allowed Corey to feel that emotion mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of, kind of processed it and go through it rather than just mm-hmm. trying to shut it off.
0: That is a beautiful, beautiful story. Because we all want to be understood. We want someone to be with us in what we're experiencing. And so I think that just gets to the heart of what we're talking about today. It's helping kids want to calm down. They don't want to calm down when they're feeling like everyone's against them and just trying to shut them down and not allow them to feel what they're feeling. And that's why they don't want to. But the difference then is a parent who says, I get you.
2: Yes. It's not just. I guess I haven't learned the right tools to help them want to calm down. That tools are helpful, but it's not Mm -hmm. where we start. But why might they not be wanting to? Do they feel safe with me? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like I'm truly understanding them? Or am I just trying to fix their big feeling? Like we were with our kids when they would get hurt and scream. We're like, I just want to fix this because it's too much. Or Alan with really good intentions of trying to help me you know, it's going to be okay. But he yeah. missed the entering in and and letting me feel it first. It was like, I still needed to keep getting that out. Mm-hmm. Once I got it out all of the way with the midwife being empathetic, mm-hmm. it changed.
0: And you knew you were going to get through it. You knew that what he was saying was true, but you needed the, the joining of emotion there. That's really good. There is a lot of like chemical action going on (laughs) in kids, in all of us, really, when we're feeling upset. And I wonder if you could just speak to to
2: oxytocin. Definitely with the chemicals. I mean, when we go into fight or flight, our brain releases oxytocin. And so I think, I tended to think about oxytocin as this bonding hormone. You know, you just had a baby and God uses it to help you bond with your baby. But there's this hormone is getting released in fight or flight too, this bonding hormone. And so, you know, our brains are just telling us you're not safe right now and you need to find somebody to be in this with you so that you can stay connected to somebody who can help you. So that's often why you'll see... You know, if we're walking away from a child who is having an outburst, often they'll follow you.
0: That's I think that's so interesting and really almost counterintuitive. Because if someone, you know, go to your room, have a timeout, separation, and yet the science is telling us there's oxytocin flowing, which is I need someone to help me in my trouble right now. And I'm trying to then go and connect. And and as we know that kids do that in the ways that they can, which might not always be helpful ways. (laughs) Lots of the ways hitting or just screaming or whatever it is. But I love that piece of brain science. That's really
1: good. I think a child who doesn't want to calm down is probably not feeling safe, not feeling understood. In order for us as parents to be able to communicate that safety to them, that understanding to them, we have to understand what's going on in us as well. A lot of times that's our own anxieties. Like for me, you know, projecting 20 years in advance that my child needs to be able to handle pain. It could be just stresses, beliefs about conflict. We were worried that that conflict was just going to continue and continue and continue. And it was such an interruption to the day, such an inconvenience. So all those things made us not be emotionally safe for our children to be able to, to have those big emotions. And I think about the messages that we're communicating when my daughter runs to me because she's in pain. And I send her away to go calm down. I'm communicating a message of you need to go get yourself together before you come to me, or you need to go mm-hmm. figure this out by yourself. Uh, and and what I would love to communicate is when you're hurt, run to your daddy. Your daddy's here.
0: That was so rich. You know, we're going to take a break right now, Corey and Alan. I'm loving this conversation. We're going to pick it up though going even deeper. We love to do that here at Connected Families. And I'm really hoping that we get to a role play to have you role play how it looked to work with your kids, maybe a before and maybe an after these meltdowns that we have with our kids. So stay tuned. Hey, parents, When your kids misbehave, are you discouraged with your response? Do you walk away feeling unsettled and wishing it had gone differently? Parenting is hard, but we believe God has good plans for your family. And those plans include sweet connection with each of your children, especially during misbehavior. Discipline that connects with your child's heart online course will equip you to handle those disciplined situations with confidence so that you come away thinking, wow, That went so much better. Learning four messages to communicate to your children will make a difference, tone down the chaos, and grow a more peaceful home. Well, the eight session discipline that connects with your child's heart online course is our core curriculum. It's loaded with extra bonus materials like extra resources on anger, teaching flexibility, and how to calm, as well as some devotionals to help you dig deeper. You can even submit your question to one of the three live Q&A sessions. When you take Discipline That Connects, you will walk this parenting journey with a new perspective and so many tools that you can use in your parenting. Our heart is to bring you brain science and the Bible in a way that will equip you to lead your family with grace and truth. Registration is now open. Check out connectedfamilies.org for all the information so that you can register today. All right. Well, we're back after the break with Alan and Corey Thetford. You guys are Connected Families parent coaches. You're on staff here. You have your own podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And we're talking about how to teach kids to want to calm. And so my next question is this, why are we digging deeper? What else is there to really understand about what's going on under the surface, both in our kids and us?
2: Yeah, that's such a good question, Stacy, because what we see is the angry outburst and mm-hmm. it really is about digging deeper. So we see the angry outburst and we think we've got to get this under control. We've got to teach our kid how to calm down. And calming is important, right? We we read in the Bible that, you know, God says, "Let everyone be quick to hear, slow mm-hmm. to speak and slow to anger." You know, and In our discipline that connects with your child's heart online course, we talk about slow, low, and listen. So it's really important to see the angry outburst and to think about how do I help my child calm down? But there is that digging deeper and it is so important because there's so much there. Like Alan already talked about, you know, what's going on in us The anxieties, the stresses, but I just want to mention something about what could be going on in our kids. Lynn has talked about this illustration that has really stuck with us. I love it. Thinking about a backpack that just gets loaded down throughout the day. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: let's just imagine your child is carrying around an emotional backpack. Everything that is frustrating, every new experience that's stressful, it's like adding a rock in the backpack. And so you can imagine that over time that gets really heavy. And if literally had rocks in your backpack, you would probably stop at some point and start emptying them out. Yeah. <laughs> so this backpack just keeps getting heavier and heavier. And then the child starts to empty it. But uh-huh. typically that happens with something small, like a little trigger that we think that is not a big deal. So maybe in our home that looks like a child has had some stressful experiences that morning with a sibling and they're angsty. And it keeps getting added to, and then I ask them to do something that I think you did this yesterday. It wasn't hard yesterday, but there's a big outburst, or I put the breakfast on the wrong color of plate. Oh, and there's, how yep, could you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then if I enter in with you know a lack of empathy and understanding about what's really going on and in my child that they've had some. Stresses like these rocks in a backpack and they need yeah. to
1: unload it. If parents can choose a soothing and equipping role with their child over time, then yeah. it feeds a belief that I'm safe and I'm loved and I'm understood and I'm capable. I'm capable of learning to unload that backpack in another way instead of having a big outburst and then having to feel the need to defend themselves and protect themselves.
0: Well, we've just gotten deep, haven't we? Because the old way was get over it. It's only a blue plate. It's, you know, y- you don't have a right to have this big old tantrum over your plate. That's just not okay. Maybe we would say something like that. But now, as parents, we've stepped back. We've thought, wow, okay, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and your grapes are, you know, your afternoon snacks on the wrong colored plate. But I'm thinking through what has the day been like for my child? What rocks have been put into that backpack that haven't been dealt with yet, you know, bad feelings, a little squirmish with a sibling, who knows at school, we, you know, we don't know everything that's been hard for them to deal with at school. And so they're coming home. It's such a better way to think about it because then we can have that empathy that we talked about earlier. We can have an understanding for our child and where they're coming from so that we can respond different.
2: Yes, because it doesn't just stop at oh, well, they had a hard day, right? It's not coddling to enter into somebody's shoes. I'm just thinking about if we would have heard that we might've gone, you know, in the past, oh, come on, that's just coddling. But really, it's like how I would want Alan to enter into my shoes or he would want me to enter into his before moving forward with solving something.
0: I love this at Connected Families, right? It starts with the parent. It starts with our belief, starts with our own thinking and our own perspective. And so in terms of all of this, there is a lot of perspective shift, which is why we really do love the framework, because it calls us to that first question, what's going on inside of me? And I wonder if you could either of you talk about your, your thoughts around conflict, because I think that's a big one that a lot of parents have to work through.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. When we did parent coaching with Lynn, she she made this statement uh, that conflict is a precious opportunity to experience God's mercy and forgiveness. And so when she said that, we thought, okay, that sounds really good, but do I really believe that? Is that how I view conflict?
0: I know. Okay. So what was it? Say it again.
1: Conflict is a precious opportunity to experience God's mercy and forgiveness.
0: That's tough. That's a good one, but it's tough, isn't it? So then how did you process that and answer that question?
1: Yeah. So as we reflected on how we view conflict or paid attention as we engaged conflicts over the next several months, we realized that conflict is an inconvenience. Conflict causes a, like a tear in the relationship. That's uncomfortable.
2: We realized that that's what we were believing. And then if we believe conflict is bad, of course we're going to be sending that same message to our kids when Every time that they would get in a squabble, you know, I'm going, oh, well, yeah. I wanted to get to this, but now that we've got this problem to solve, we can't move forward with the good things we want to do or come mm-hmm. on, we're on vacation. Why can't we just get along? Hasn't mm-hmm. every parent said that on vacation <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as if yes. a change of location changes uh, uh-huh. everything? <laughs> yeah. So. I think that really reflected what we were believing about conflict. Instead of, wow, there's an opportunity when we wrong each other. We don't want to do that, but when we do, we can really enter into the grace of God toward us as we demonstrate that to each other and his mercy and his forgiveness.
1: So then it's similar when when our kids are having a conflict and we want them to calm down, we can go in and try to squash it and say, stop, stop doing this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Or we can go in with empathy understanding that there are some big feelings on both sides of this conflict and allow them to feel those feelings. We don't want to just shut down the feelings. Yeah, We want to allow them to feel those feelings, but do it in a productive way, a healthy way.
0: Oh, we got to talk about feelings. There's a lot of big feelings when we've got conflict and chaos and, and, you know, owies and all the things. There's a lot of feelings, especially as kids are little and they, they are a lot for some of us parents to know how to understand them and how to deal with them. And they've, they come fast and furious. How is a parent to understand feelings?
2: Another thing that Lynn has talked about is that these big feelings, if you, Mm shut it down it's almost like you're not allowing your child to go through this tunnel and that really stuck with us like that tunnel can seem really dark we don't know when we're going to reach the end but there is light at the end of the tunnel and if we go through it then we've gone through it but if you just shut it down you know think about your own tears when you try to fight them back they're going to come out at some point but have you ever had like a really good cry before? I don't know if it's just me. You know, once you get that out, the crying can actually be kind of healing and therapeutic. Similar to thinking about my daughter at at swim lessons. It's not just sadness. It's not just anger, but anxiety. She was really anxious about, about those swim lessons. And I had learned some of this and I was able to come in with empathy first, not just as a tool to hurry up and let her feel her feelings so she could get in the water, but knowing, you know, I want to come alongside her. What would this look like? Okay. So I don't know, maybe we'll just kind of play this out for a second. Yeah. Do
0: a role play. I was just thinking that. Yeah. And I wonder if you could just do really quick, what's the old version? Just do a really quick old version of helping your daughter with her anxiety at the pool at swim lessons, which are not cheap. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what's going on in me in the old version, I'm going, yeah, I paid for this. I made sure to get here on time. Yeah. You know, so I've got my anxiety and then I say. So you be the parent, I'll be the kid. Okay.
1: We'll role play. Yeah.
2: Hey, it's time to get in the water. We did this yesterday. I am really tired of you taking so much time away. Look at all the other kids. I don't want to get in. Look at all of them. I don't want to. They're your age and they can get in. What's wrong? Why can't you do that? I don't know. I don't want to. You're going to be fine. You swam at grandpa's house. Oh, no, don't push me. Okay. Look at your teacher. She's really nice. Stop. I don't want to go in. Okay. Come on. We're going. Take off, no. your, take <gasps> off your
0: shoes. Yeah. That's really good. You guys are right. <laughs> but you know what I heard? The escalation. Uh-huh. Right? The escalation. It was like, no, I want to be heard. I want to be understood. I want to be, well, you're pushing me. And yeah. Okay. Redo. What would the redo look like? Hey,
2: buddy. You excited about swim lessons today? No. Look, here's your teacher right here. I don't want to go in. Oh, you don't want to go in. Mm-mm. Well, I can see on your face you look a little bit scared. What are you feeling? Swimming's hard. Oh, man. Oh, you think swimming's really hard? I don't like to get water in my eyes. Water in your eyes isn't very comfortable, is it?
1: mm It hurts.
2: Yeah. And you know you're probably going to have to get water in your eyes if you go to swim lessons, right? Mm-hmm. So you just feeling a little nervous about that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, come here. Let us let me give you a hug because when I feel nervous, sometimes it really helps me to get a hug. Do you want a hug? Mm-hmm. Come here. Give you a hug.
0: <laughs> I love that because right. God made emotion. He doesn't ask us to push our emotions down or aside or stuff them and just get over it and buck up and get in the pool, right? He feels the emotion. And so I just so heard that, that care in your voice as you talk to your child. Yeah. Any other summary of that? What was happening? How about you, Alan? How was, how'd that feel?
1: I think it makes a big difference just for me as the kid when I'm I'm not being forced to go do something I don't want to do. I'm being heard. I mean, really, I know I've got to get in the pool. Yeah. We didn't come all this way and I'm just gonna not get in. Yeah. But having the comfort of my mom giving me a hug and helping me do it versus just like shoving me into the water mm-hmm. is a completely different experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we just kind of got to just a little taste of empathy, but there there can be more after that. It doesn't mean that we're just gonna stay in the car hugging each other, all of swim lessons that he just, that I'm not going to ask him something like, you know, Hey, what do you need from me right now to help you or be playful? Like talking about his big muscles that he's going to get from swimming and you know, what character does he want to fight when he gets home? Cause he's gotten so strong from swim lessons. We get there, but we wouldn't have, just like you pointed out, it escalated. If you try to shut it down first And it's also not just about getting there. I mean, where we were stuck before was, oh, so I just need to like say the right empathetic words and Mm -hmm. then they'll calm down enough to get on with things. You know, I find myself managing that in myself. It's not a rush. Mm -hmm. Enter into what he's feeling. Mm -hmm. Treat him how you would want to be treated if you were really scared about something. Like this is the heart of God that I'm modeling toward my child. It's an opportunity right now even though it feels inconvenient. What's the truth? This is this an opportunity to model how God would enter in with me?
1: I think also we've talked primarily about emotions that are, I guess, negative is how you would describe them. But I think it's also true of, of happiness. I mean, sometimes we have kids bouncing off the walls because they're so excited. And our instinct is to say, stop, settle down. But that's an emotion also. And God made us with emotions. God yeah. feels emotions, right? And we're made in his image. I, I don't think emotions are not inherently bad but we can learn to respond to those emotions in a healthy way rather than just trying to squash them.
0: That's really good, Alan. I didn't even think of that from the beginning to now that we can we can squash happy, joy in our kids just as we can the, the yeah, like you said, maybe negative or the the hard ones, the tantrums or the other anger or even sibling conflict or all those. So thanks for that. That's a really good reminder. Really good reminder. You guys, this has been a fantastic conversation. And I always love bringing our connected families, parent coaches onto the podcast, because all of you, including the two of you are just rich and deep and living out the framework with your kids and working with parents one on one to help them apply the framework in their daily situations. And so you got to do that here on the podcast for people to listen to and we appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Stacy. It was really fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Stacy. We, we really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I strongly suggest that you check out the show notes for the link to register for discipline that connects with your child's heart. Registration is open and the course starts in just a few weeks. Well, if the content in this podcast has been helpful, consider also sharing the podcast or the link for Discipline That Connects with a Friend. Those steps are so helpful to spread God's grace and truth to more parents. Well, before I close this podcast, I want to share a story of a parent who took the course. It's only one minute. (laughs) Jillian is a young mom, and she's taken the course. She's taken actually a couple of our courses. One, she took herself, Discipline That Connects, and then she took another one, Grace and Truth for Moms, As a small group, I love that all of our courses can be used in small group settings. Well, listen in. This is just a one-minute clip about her biggest takeaway.
3: Hi, my name is Jillian, and I have benefited from both the Discipline That Connects online course as well as the Grace and Truth for Moms online course. And I think that thing that strikes me and sticks with me from both of those courses is just the encouragement to embrace our identity as children of God first before we think about doing anything differently with our kids. We just really have to embrace His grace and truth for us first and deal with our hearts first, and then everything we do with our kids will come from the overflow of what is happening inside of us, and that has really changed Everything about how we approach parenting our kids. And I feel like we feel more cherished by our good father, and we're able to show that to our kids that they are cherished as well.
0: Well, a big thank you to Jillian for sitting down and recording her takeaways. You know, thousands of families have taken the course from around the world in many, many cultures. And stories like Jillian's come to us over and over about the hope and the tools that parents are receiving through Discipline that Connects. So we really want to do a good job at making sure that you know that registration is open and it's not going to open again for one year. So now really is the time to register and get a friend to register with you. You know, you know, doing it together doubles the impact. Well, all of the details are in the show notes on our social channels, on our website, connectedfamilies.org. Thanks for being with us today. I will see you next time.